Hi, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! I was in my office this Monday, and I was uh, this past Monday, and I was studying for this sermon, and my phone rang, and I picked it up, and it was uh, a friend uh, who I talked to, I don't know, half a dozen times a year, and he says to me, Greg, man, I, I, I love you, I love what, what you're doing, your family's doing at Miami Church, I love Miami Church, I love the people of Miami Church, and I tell you what, at the end of the year, I, I'm just going to send a check for the church, and here's the amount I'm going to send the check in, and it was a significant amount. And it was his way of saying, hey, I believe in you, I believe in the church, I love what I'm seeing, I believe that God is doing a great thing, and the best is yet to come. Do you know what that five-minute phone call did for me? Do you know what it did for my heart? Do you know what it did for my soul? I mean, when was the last time someone did something for you that was just so generous that it just moved you? I mean, you felt it in your core. You felt it in your heart. You felt it in your soul. This guy calling me randomly on a Monday morning, uh, it, it was a huge blessing to me. And here's what I know. God loves you. I mean, God loves you so much. God cares about you. God is intimately acquainted with all your ways. He knows you and he he loves you. And what God does so many times is that he sends someone, a a person, kind of an ordinary person like you or me, but someone who is generous. And through their generosity, through their generosity of time or through their generosity of words or through their generosity of resources or money or even through their generosity of their talent, Through their generosity, God uses certain people, God uses people, right, to demonstrate, to show his love, his blessing. And God is a God of blessing. We've been talking about this in this series, The Blessing of Christmas, that God wants to bless you beyond your ability to even ask or imagine. That, that blessing is God's default setting. It's his most ancient instinct. God is all about blessing. In fact, the very first thing that God does after creating us is to bless us. Genesis 1, 28. And blessing is also our deepest longing. We, we, we long. The longing within you, within inside of me, is we long to be blessed, to be celebrated for who we are to be accepted for who we're not, to be loved as is. And you're blessed by God. But here's the thing, and this is even better. Yes, you're blessed by God, but this it's even better. You are blessed to be a blessing. You see, blessing 
and grace and love and generosity. It's not just for you. It's not just for me. That God wants to use us. God wants to give us an opportunity. God wants to give us an opportunity. Like my friend who called me on Monday, he blessed me. And you're blessed to be a blessing. Maybe another way to say this is is that God does not bless you to raise your standard of living. Rather, God blesses you to raise your standard of giving. So you are blessed to bless. You are blessed to bless. I am blessed to blessed. Now, I want to try to illustrate this uh, from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his uh, to the person he was mentoring, to his, uh, the person, the young man, the young pastor he was mentoring, a guy named Timothy. And he wrote him a letter. And, and Timothy was a, a young pastor trying to lead people, the church. And he was new and young. And Paul was, uh, had many years of wisdom. And he was just coaching him and writing him. And he wrote to him in this letter. And, and it's uh, in 1 Timothy. And what Paul says, <laughs> it's so direct, it's so personal, it's so clear, but Paul had kind of this in-your-face direct style. And I, I want you to see what he says in 1 Timothy, and it's just a few verses, chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Here's what Paul wrote. He says, Timothy, tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good. I love this line. To be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. And if they do that, Timothy, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. Now, I want to unpack this a minute and, and, and kind of zone in or zoom in on what Paul is saying because this is rich. And Paul is writing this to those of us who are followers of Jesus. Look what he says. Verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world. Now here's what you just did. And I get it because I do the same thing. You, you see the word rich And you immediately say, well, that's not me. I'm not rich. That's not me. Don't you? I mean, we certainly don't feel rich. Do you feel rich? I don't feel rich. Rich is a term for people who have more, which if you follow that line of thinking, no one's rich because there's always someone who has more. But here's the reality. Here's the facts. Compared to some people in this world, many of us are rich in this present world, or, or maybe really the way to say that is, compared to most people, most of us are rich in this present world. I mean, if you really look at this, if you look at this from the, on the global scale, the statistics are pretty staggering. In fact, if you have sufficient food, you can choose where you're going to eat. If you have decent clothes, if you live in a house or an apartment or a condo, if you have a reasonably reliable means of transportation, you're among the top 15% of world's wealthy. 15%. In fact, if you earn $25,000 or more annually, you're literally in the top 10% of the world of wage earners. And if your combined household income is anywhere 
around $48,000 or more, you're in the top 1% of wage earners in this world. The reality of it is those of the most of us here in Miami-Dade, right? We don't feel rich. I don't feel rich. But, but compared to the world, we are rich. And so Paul is talking to me. Paul is talking to you. And what does he say? Command those who are rich in this present world. Like, what's he going to say? Like, what would you tell somebody who's rich? Look what he says. Not to be arrogant. Quit being so full of yourself. Like, how did Paul know? The inclination of rich people is toward arrogance and toward pride and to be proud. And Paul says, hey, hey, don't let it go to your head. Arrogance and pride seem to be the special curse of the rich. And then he continues, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain. He's saying, hey, quit being obsessed with money, which is, which is here today and gone tomorrow. He's saying, when you start having more money, when you get a promotion or you get a raise or your bank account grows... He says something happens inside of you and something begins to happen to your hope and you don't see it coming. You don't plan for it. It's kind of unexpected. But, but as your lifestyle changes and as your bank account grows, your hope begins to migrate and your hope begins to migrate toward money. And Paul is saying, hey, don't let your hope migrate. Don't let your hope be in the accumulation of wealth. Have you seen a shift in your attitude when it comes to the idea of money? Instead, Paul says this. He says, Timothy, no, 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 no. Tell them to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He's saying, hey, hey, Timothy, remember that everything you have It's a gift from God and it's expression of God's generosity to you and of God's graciousness to you. And and guys like me, right, if you've been around a church at any point, guys like me, we talk about money and a lot of churches talk about money and some do it very, very poorly. But but why is that? Why, Why is it that we have to talk about money? Why are we talking about the idea of money? We talk about money because Jesus had a a lot to say about money. And why did Jesus talk so much about money? Because Jesus knew. Jesus knew that the chief competitor for you, that the chief competitor for your heart was going to be your stuff. Jesus said, he goes, I love you. I want you. I want your heart. I want all of you. And I know the chief competitor for that is your money. It's your stuff. In fact, he said it in Matthew 6, 21. He put it this way. He says, your heart will be where your riches are. (laughs) Jesus is genius. He knows. And he says, hey, he says, where your treasure is, where your stuff is, where your resources is, where your money is, that's going to be where your heart is. And he says, the chief competitor for your heart is your stuff. It's the accumulation of stuff. It's the stuff you have, it's the stuff you want, it's the stuff you long for. Paul is writing, he says, Timothy, 
tell them, please tell them, Timothy. He says, he says, put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's an interesting phrase, right? For our enjoyment. Now, Paul here, he's not talking about self-indulgent living. He's not talking about eat, drink, and be merry, right? The principle that he's saying here is that everything is a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. It's an expression of God's gracious generosity. And, and it's for you to enjoy. We should enjoy. We should enjoy. We should have, have fun with a posture of, of gratitude. And so Paul goes on. And now he's, he's just, again, this is kind of Paul's style, just kind of direct. And he uses these strong words like command. He says, Timothy, command them to. He says, Timothy, to, help, to keep them from migrating their hope to keep them from migrating their hope to their money, to their stuff, to, to keep them from, from, from putting their, their treasure or their heart into things that are so temporal that don't last. Here's what you need to tell them to do. Tell them to do good. Tell them to do good. Now, this is interesting. He, he doesn't say be good. Right? You feel like parents like, well, just be good. He doesn't say be good. All, commanded, all people are commanded to be good. He's saying, he's saying, hey, he's saying don't do good the average way. And he's, he's specifically talking to those of us who are blessed, those of us who have freedom to choose where we want to eat or when we want to, those of us who have, go into our closet and we have options. He's talking to us. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. He's saying, hey, don't feel guilty about being rich. This isn't a, a message. This isn't a, a thing all about shame and trying to shame you or guilt you for, 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 for being wealthy. No, no. He's saying, no, no, no. Do good. Do good. Use the resources you have for good. Do, use what you have for good. This is an opportunity for you to bless. See, we are blessed to be a blessing. And that's why when my friend called me on Monday, right, he was doing good. He was being a blessing. He was such an encouragement. Do good. Look what he says. He says, be rich in good deeds. You want to be rich? Be rich in helping others. Be, be rich in, in, in doing good things. In other words, the more you have been blessed, the more opportunity you have to do more good. Do more good. Be known for doing good, not average. He says, unleash unprecedented levels of good. He goes on. He says, and to be generous and willing to share. Look how the message says this. Be extravagantly generous. Give freely. Be, be, be willing to share. Like, go beyond what you think you can go and then go a little bit more. Like, oh, I think I can be generous at this point. No, no, no. Be extravagantly generous. Go, go beyond what you think you can do. Now, why would Paul tell us to be generous? I mean, aren't Rich people generous? The reality is, statistically speaking, the more money a person makes, the less they give away. The more money a person makes, the less generous they are. I mean, why is that? Because we believe we have to save our way to safety. And the tendency 
is to, is to, to, to close our hands, right? The tendency is to, to hoard or to, to pull or put a wall or put our arms around. And those of us who are blessed, when we do give, we may give larger amounts, but we give smaller percentages. And here's the truth, as I've done research on this, is rich people give larger sums, but smaller percentages. Rich people get larger sums, larger dollar amounts, but smaller percentages. And, and, and what I'm about to say, this is so important. And, it, and, and again, there's, there's no gotcha here. This is, this is not some kind of trick at the end where I'm like, ha, I gotcha, here's a big Christmas offering. Or, or th- th- that's not where, where we're headed with this. This is important because this is dealing with your heart. This is dealing with you. This is dealing with, with, with what God, 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 Jesus wants to be in this intimate, dynamic, authentic relationship with you. And the chief competitor for that is your stuff. And Jesus is calling all of us to be extravagantly generous. And so this is why this is important. If you're a Jesus person or not, if, you, if this is your first time ever watching anything or being part of anything at Miami Church, or if this is like your 800th time to watch this, it doesn't matter. What I'm about to share, this is so important because if this ever gets to your heart, if you ever really fully get this and understand and comprehend this, it changes everything. See, the issue that Jesus is getting at, the issue that Paul is getting at, the issue that Paul is instructing Timothy to, to go after, the, the issue is not the number of dollars. The issue is not the number of zeros. The issue is the percentage. The percentage. In fact, one day Jesus was with his guys and they're in the temple. And I can just imagine the scene. He's got his 12 disciples and they're in the temple and and people would go to the temple daily for worship. And and he, he's like, hey, guys, come over here, come over here, come over here, come over here. Kind of stand off to the side here. Have a seat. Just stand here. Let's, let, let's just watch. And, and on the way into the temple were these large jars, and, and they were pottery containers. And, and as people would walk into the temple, they would drop their coins. They would drop their offering into these large jars on the way in and on the way out. And so Jesus and his guys are standing off to the side. And, and this is a firsthand account from, from Peter found in Mark chapter 12. It says that, that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. So again, you just imagine Jesus and guys off to the side, right? And there's this kind of this entrance into the temple and this pottery thing if it were on some kind of table. And as people come in, as people come out, they drop their, their offering into this thing. And Jesus and his guys are off to the side, which I'm like, hey, what are these guys hanging out over here doing? And here's what he says. Many rich people threw in large amounts. And you imagine coins and the pottery and the noise and the clanking that it makes a you know, the noise that you would get. And they threw it in such a way that everyone around them would knew it's a large amount. Like, thank you, thank you, look at me. But look what he says, verse 42. He says, a, a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Now notice the level of detail here as Mark is writing this. 
In fact, this was the smallest amount of currency in that culture. And it was so small, there's not even a Greek or a Roman equivalent to this. I mean, two small coins. And what Jesus says next is so extraordinary and so genius. And it gets to the heart of Jesus. It gets to the heart of his teaching about money and about generosity. And it really gives you God's view of wealth. And here's what he said. Verse 43 says, calling his disciples to him. Guys, they just watched it. Guys, come here. Truly I tell you, Jesus said, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. She's put more into the treasury than all the others. She was richer toward God than all the others. You can see the guys kind of looking at each other like, well, should I be the first one to say something here? um, Jesus, excuse me. Um, Yes, okay, cool. Um, She put two coins in. Did you see that guy? Put the hundred. I mean, what about him? No, 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 she put more. Cool, Jesus, um, listen, I didn't do great in math in elementary school, but, you know, I think I got this a little bit. Jesus, um, did you see the one guy with the bucket? I mean, that was like a 1,000. I mean, that may have been 2,000. I mean, he put a lot. I mean, that was like a really big pour. Did you see that, Jesus? She put more. I mean, how, how could she put more, Jesus? She just put the two coins. We don't, I mean, those were so small. I mean, we don't even, I mean, that didn't really even count. I mean, it's not even really even a penny. And Jesus says, the number of zeros at the end of the numbers doesn't move me. See, the issue is percentages. Percentages move me. And this is what he says in verse 44. He says, they all gave out of their wealth. The hundred guy, the thousand guy, the two thousand guy, the bucket guy. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. Here's what Jesus is teaching. Here's what Paul is writing to Timothy. Here's what Paul is telling Timothy to tell the church. Here's what we have to understand. This this gets to the heart of Jesus. Rich people should give larger sums and higher percentages. I should give larger sums and higher percentages. You want to move the heart of God? You want to know what generosity really is? You want to be a generous person? You want to make a difference? You want to unleash unprecedented amounts of generosity? You want to be a blessing to others? You want to take the blessing God has given to you and be a blessing to others? He says, give larger sums and higher percentages. Again, the goal today is not guilt and shame. This is not, not some kind of trick at the end where, where it's all about, oh, we'll give to Miami Church. Here's our big special Christmas offering. Listen. I love Miami Church. I love our church. I love what we're doing. I love our heart. I love our heart for the community. I love the people that call Miami Church home. I am passionate. I am fired up about Miami Church. 
And man, we, we need people to be generous to Miami Church to support our mission and help us continue to do what we're doing. But hey, if you don't trust me, you don't trust, you don't trust uh, um, this organization, that's great. Give money somewhere. See, this is about you and your heart. This is about you and your heart. Don't let, don't let what some other churches or some guy on TV or some, some, uh, some crazy pastor, don't let what they've done rob you of the joy of being generous. See, God has blessed you. God's instinct toward you, God's default setting toward you is to bless you. God wants to bless you beyond what you could even ask or imagine. But God doesn't bless you so you can drive a Ferrari up up and down US1. God doesn't bless you so you can live in a big house or have nice clothes. Those things are okay, but, but what God is saying, I'm not blessing you so you can raise your standard of living. I'm blessing you so you can raise your standard of giving. You know how I let people know how much I love them? You know how I let people know that I love them, that I'm here for them, that I want to bless them? Is I use people like you. And I use people like you to, to use your time and your words and your money and your resources to be generous to other people. And through that, it demonstrates, it shows who I am. So you're blessed to be a blessing. And you and I have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to take the blessing that God has given to us. And not out of guilt or not out of shame, we have an opportunity to be a blessing to other people. People. Wow, I can't think of a better blessing than that. A better blessing than to be used by God to show love and grace and generosity to others. Let's read it one more time. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19. Paul writes to Timothy to tell the church, to tell me, to tell you, hey, tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. He, he says, tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we, for our enjoyment. Thank you, God. Gratitude. Do good. Be rich in helping others. Be extravagantly generous. And if they do that, they'll build a, a treasury that will last. I love this last line. Gaining life that is truly life. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.